Hello, gang, and welcome back to Reframed Podcast. I hope you guys had um, an enjoyable Christmas, Hanukkah, Ramadan, any of that stuff, any any holiday that you celebrate around this time of year, and welcome to a brand new year uh, of 2020, a brand new decade, even. Uh, past 10 years have been probably interesting for all of us, and there have been a lot of um, opportunities for growth, a lot of opportunities for change, um, heartbreak, um, moments of our heart being elated, and um, this this new year and this decade will certainly have uh, more opportunities for all of that. And um, anyways, so happy to have you guys back. I'm happy to be back for um, an episode of Reframed. So let's just kind of get this out of the way. As you might know, if you've listened in the past, um, this little disclaimer, um, if not, just keep this in mind that um, even though I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Texas, I'm not your counselor. So um, do not take this show as um, any kind of, of mental health advice um, in in terms of avoiding or not seeing um, a a trained mental health professional um, yourself, whether that's online or in person. Um, so yeah, um, I do both. Um, I do both online and uh, face-to-face uh, counseling through the private practice that I owned. I own uh, called Pathfinder Counseling and Consulting. And uh, anyways, uh, with that out of the way, uh, let's go ahead and just jump right in and and get started again. Happy New Year to each and every one of you listening. Uh, we're about two weeks in to uh, the new year. And man, oh man, um, do we have some stuff to talk about and to catch up on. Now, if if uh, you guys had the chance to listen to, um, I guess, like the little teaser mini-sode of sorts that I, I um, published, that I, I posted the end of December, you'll know that we're going to be coming back, that we are coming back, um, at least for right now, once a month, um, doing the Reframe podcast. Now, there will certainly be more episodes um, that will be coming out uh, beyond the one-month uh, thing eventually. We're just kind of making sure we don't bite off more than we can chew at this point. So I appreciate you guys' patience with that. And um, I'm really looking forward to having more of you guys on um, later on down the road. Now, we are going to be doing like the whole catch-up thing. We're going to be doing like the, the on-the-hunt type of thing. And then we're also going to get into some Channel 49 news here a little later on. I do have a guest today, and I will be introducing my guest uh, later on in the program. Um, and we're going to talk, um, as this episode title might imply, we're going to talk about star Wars. So, uh, just hang on and, and here we go. So, um, the, the last regular episode that dropped was, um, back in April of 2019. That's a long time ago. And I'm so sorry. I feel embarrassed to say that, but that was a long time ago, guys. And, um, a lot has changed since April 2019. Uh, at the time, I was leaving my old job where I was driving a thousand miles a week, um, not even really doing counseling. I was doing uh, clinical interviewing. I was doing 
a um, bunch of diag diagnostic work, um, like doing um, like IQ testing and memory testing and things like that, um, and just report writing. I wasn't really getting a chance to work with clients. And then after working with them for about two years, two years and like a week or two, I think, um, I ended up um, getting a job uh, about five miles from my house um, where I was working um, at a rehab, um, a, a rehabilitation, a um, what we call an RTC, uh, residential treatment center uh, with adolescents. And I did that for um, a number of months. And then um, just after uh, completing or just after finishing my week of residency, my second residency uh, for my, my doc program, um, I was basically let go. And um, that gave me the opportunity to do what I've always wanted to do. And that was have my own private practice. It kind of came sooner than I, than I had really wanted it to, but suffice it to say, um, it was, it's been tough, but it's also been very rewarding and, um, been able to, to build my clientele to see, uh, folks both online and in person. So, um, have a, about 20 ish people that I'm seeing, um, across the two, um, forms of, of counseling service that I, I offer. So one is through, um, betterhelp.com where, um, I do see clients there. So if you, um, know someone that might want a, a counselor in Texas and they live in Texas, I'm happy to see them and do it that way, especially if they're not in the Fort Worth area. Um, I still see folks in person, um, you know, not too far from the house. Um, and, um, you can find out about that and, and look into, um, getting services. If, um, if you're a listener and, or a friend or, or, you know, someone, if you're, if you're a listener or you have a friend that might need counseling, um, you know, in the Fort Worth area, they always go to pathfindercc.org, uh, check it out and, um, they can reach out to me and, um, we can go from there. So there's that. Um, like I was saying just a, a moment ago, um, I went, I, I'm still in my, my doc program. I'm having a lot of fun with that for the most part, as much as you can, I guess, with, with studies. Um, had the, had the opportunity to be um, what's called a TA, a teaching assistant um, with um, the department chair of uh, counseling at Regent University and uh, being able to work with master's level students um, observe their work, kind of pour into them, grade their work, provide feedback, and just, and it's been a very, very rewarding experience uh, with them and doing that sort of thing. So um, apart from that, I did some, some stats and um, some other stuff, some um, advanced counseling theory class, class work. And um, it's been a very, very interesting um, start to my second year of my doc program and, um, about to start, uh, my second semester, or I just recently started my second semester, I should say. And, um, anyway, um, I still got some good people in my program. I got some great professors, great faculty members that I get to get to know and work with, um, and stuff. So if you are a counselor in, doesn't matter if you're in Texas or not, and you have your master's degree and you're thinking about getting a doctorate, 
um, in counselor education and supervision. I can't um, recommend region enough, especially with the flexibility that you might need or want, um, especially if you're uh, like a newlywed or you're um, a new parent or you just have kids or you just need the flexibility because you're in private practice. Um, you pretty you can pretty much have it and work it out. It's not perfect, but um, anyway, just wanted to to highlight that. Um, apart from that, um, I kind of I might have mentioned it um, briefly in the teaser, and this will be the last thing. Um, I know there's a lot of information dump, um, but we've been gone a while, so I I just want to make sure that we're kind of caught up on some things. Uh, my mom was recently diagnosed with um, a grade four glioblastoma, uh, which is a brain tumor. It's a brain cancer. It's a primary brain cancer. So that is certainly keeping me uh, busy um, with being a um, part of the caregiving team between uh, my wife and I and my dad um, and, all, and all of my mom's um, brothers and sisters um, that are wanting to fly in and help also. Um so if you're inclined to, um, to prayer, um, you know, I appreciate that. Um, or anything else like that, I just ask for you to keep my, me and my family, um, in your thoughts and prayers, um, as I kind of navigate this, but that's not meant to be a downer, um, at all, even though it probably is, uh, this is something that I do because I love it. This is a form of self-care for me, and self-care is something that you'll probably hear about whenever it comes to, you know, you know, out on like Facebook or in a therapy room uh, with some kind of mental health professional is self-care. And when we talk about self-care, we're, we're talking, we're not just talking about like decompressing. I mean, that's, that's certainly an aspect of self-care. Self-care can also be, um, and probably certainly is something that is kind of going to like fill the tank up, so to speak. So what, what not only helps you disconnect at times and kind of recharge your batteries, but you know, what is, what are some things that, that bring joy to your life that can fill the tank up, that can revitalize you once you've had a craptastic day? So, um, that could be something like, um, you know, watching star Wars, like we're going to be talking about later today. It could be watching star Trek. It could be going for a jog, going to the gym, wood carving, wood burning, um, singing, dancing, acting, uh, anything like that. Um, that's something that you can do as a form of self-care that I want to encourage you as listeners especially as we're, we're two weeks into this year to really focus on self-care for yourself in 2020 as, as we start this new decade. Uh, we're in the twenties now, man. And, you know, we need to, to have rest. We need to have time that we're, we're pouring into ourselves in order for us to be able to take better care of other people. Um, for those of you that might travel or have ever flown on an airplane, you know that the the flight attendants, the flight crew, um, either what in person or on the screen that drops in front of you, is um, going to say something along the lines of, you know, if there's a sudden loss in cabin pressure, um, put the mask on um, and just start breathing, basically. 
and to make sure that you um, that you take care of yourself before you help someone else uh, put their mask on. Basically, if you can't breathe, you're of no use to someone else. So we need to make sure that we're focusing on our own care, that we're taking care of ourselves in order to pour into others. And um, I've said this in the past also that especially when I'm doing like couples work or just any work in general is, you know, think of it also as like your bank account. I'm sure that most of us are recovering from all the gifts and things like that. Um, And when it comes to bank accounts, if we don't have anything in there, we can't draw from it. We're overdrafting. We're, We're taking a loan, a future loan, which is only going to have us have a lower balance and we're just going to keep getting lower and lower and lower. So we have to have something in, in the account for us to draw from, for us to be able to have transactions with just like we need to have something on reserve in us to be able to pour out and to, you know, serve and be, be useful to other people. Um, especially when they need us. Um, if they need us and that, that's just, that's beyond, uh, like work and stuff. That's also like our, the relationships that we have with our, our, our wife, our kids, our spouse, our, our anyone, our coworkers doesn't really matter. So I know I've kind of been focusing and I've kind of probably gone out of order with our, our normal schedule of this, but just remember that that self-care is an important thing. And I want to encourage you to either get the note app on your phone, whether it's, you have um, an Apple product or you have a, an Android product, get an, get the note app out, whatever it is. Okay. Use that or go to the dollar store, get a 99 cent, you know, college ruled or wide ruled, whatever you prefer, um, traditional, you know, notebook and use that as a journal to kind of collect your ideas of, what that looks like for you. And at the same time, um, you know, write about your day. Um, that can be a form of self-care. So, um, that's just a little tip for today. Um, when it comes to self-care, um, it's important. It's very important guys. And, uh, don't minimize it and, um, make sure that, you know, if you're married, that you, you're able to express or start to have the conversation of like what you need, like what you really need, um, to be able to take care of yourself. So, um, there's more to unpack to that. Um, but I think that that's a good starting point for now with, um, with self-care as an, as a tip, as an idea for, um, for this year. Now we also have, um, a good bit of, of mental health news that we can, uh, talk about that we can focus on. And there have been a number of things, um, one of which that is kind of old news that I want to, to highlight is, um, the fact that, um, Michigan recently was going to, um, uh, have some legislation in which they were going to be able to, they were going to be limiting counselors ability to diagnose and a whole host of things. And that would have more or less nullified the position of licensed professional counselor, um, in the state of Michigan. And why that's the case is because whenever you're working with insurance, it doesn't matter what state you're in. 
insurance is expecting some kind of diagnosis um, for you to be able to bill insurance. So um, most of the time, um, counselors are going to uh, probably put something down called an adjustment disorder. And that doesn't really mean anything. It just means that you're having a temporary anxiety, temporary stress, temporary depression. That's really what it boils down to. So don't think too much of it like, oh my God, oh my God, my counselor thinks I'm nuts. No, we don't think that at all. Okay. They're, they're doing that so they can, so that you're able to use your insurance benefits, typically speaking, not all, all, all the time, but typically that's, that's what's going to be used. Now, are they going to be doing like a major depression or a bipolar or something like that? Sure. But by and large, they're going to go kind of like, you know, low to the ground with that so that there's not like some something uh, major kind of following you around. So um, so here's what happens. So if if a counselor in this case is not able to diagnose, that means that they're not really able to bill for insurance, which means that they can only do private pay which significantly diminishes the ability for the population to be able to see a professional counselor. So the, the LPCs, the licensed professional counselors in the state of Michigan, um, more or less, they went to the state capitol in Lansing, Michigan, and they all said their bit. They all contacted the representatives, the lawmakers, um, the American Counseling Association got involved in this as well. Um, and me being in Texas and also having lived in Michigan, this was hitting pretty close to home for me because I had lived there for about 10 years. So this was eventually, um, the, the legislation was basically not passed, which meant that LPCs were able to still bill for insurance. And they're still able to diagnose. They're still able to fully do their job um, and the scope of their practice. Um, and scope of practice, um, you know, scope of service, whatever you want to call it, you're looking at what are they able to do um, as a professional counselor. So professional counselors were, were primarily going to be doing talk therapy. Um, we can still do testing but that's more of a psychologist. We can connect you to resources, but that's more of a social worker. Uh, we cannot uh, prescribe medication. Uh, at least I've never heard of any jurisdiction in the United States where a counselor is able to prescribe medication. The only folks that can do that is a psychiatrist. And in very, very few jurisdictions, a psychologist can, can prescribe maybe one or two. Very few, but I, I can't think of them off the top of my head. So had this passed, it basically would have meant that thousands upon thousands of LPCs in the state of Michigan would no longer be able to, to um, participate in the profession, basically. And when you think about that, that kind of sucks because you need a, you need a, a undergraduate degree, you need a bachelor's degree, and you need a, um, a master's degree in counseling or some form of counseling to be able to practice. And not only that, but like varying from state to state, you have some kind of in-between period where you're earning like postgraduate hours to be able to be independently licensed, meaning you can practice on your own without the supervision and oversight of someone. 
So um, for those of you that have been listening, you'll know that back in February of 2019, I was uh, I became fully licensed. I was meeting with um, a guy named uh, Dr. French Jones, who was one of my former professors um, at Dallas Theological Seminary, and um, he was my super. He was one of my instructors, and he was my my supervisor. And um, I had to do 3,000 hours of postgraduate training, postgraduate you know experience, basically, to be able to do things on my own, which I'm now doing in my own private practice. So, um, big win for the state of Michigan, even though this is kind of older news, um, I wanted to make sure that listeners to this, both um, in the profession and outside the profession, are aware of this, and that people like me and my colleagues, we're we're actively advocating for not only our profession, but we're advocating for you um, in terms of what we're doing to try and make sure that you have the best access possible to mental health services. So, uh, with that, uh, that's a lot, and um, I'm glad that we got to talk about that. Talk about the self care and the, um, uh, you know, the advocation, the advocating piece. So, uh, with that, um, I want to go ahead and start to transition into uh, the main part of the show, and that is the actual reframed portion of the podcast where we're going to talk about Star Wars. So with that, let's get ready to go to a galaxy far away as we talk Star Wars. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that epic interlude, um, hearing some Star Wars stuff to get us ready for the actual reframed portion of the show. So this is our first um, official show of the year, kind of like I said earlier uh, in the intro. And uh, with that, um, I feel like we've kind of been making the rounds with each other, like with, with parties and being on each other's uh, podcasts and whatnot. And um, anyways, I'm really uh, pleased to have um, a friend of mine uh, come back and, you know, continue to be a glutton for punishment with me. Uh, and that's David Fogel. So David, thank you so much for uh, come on, coming on this podcast and uh, donating some of your time to the cause. Yeah. Yeah. Not a problem. Good to, good to be talking with you again. Yeah. So, so David and I, um, know each other from some other nerdy stuff and i'm not going to rehash that because we've talked about it on every podcast episode that we've been on together um but this just seemed like low-hanging fruit with um inviting him on and having him be the guy to talk star wars which is what we're going to talk about for a little while today um and kind of how that might connect to um some awareness or some different ways of thinking about uh mental health um issues themes and topics and uh, I'll, I'll get to that here in a second. So if this is your first time listening, um, the idea of the show is that we take pop, pop culture, like Star Wars or other things uh, that we might have covered in the past, and we use that as a jumping off point. So if this is your first time, I hope you enjoy it. I hope this gives you something to think about um, as, we, as we think about these things from, um, you know, just a pretty easy jumping off point. So 
um, there we have it. So David, welcome again. I'm glad to have you. So how, how have you been, man? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. You know, running the, running the rat race, <laughs> working a lot, uh, podcasting, doing a whole bunch of stuff, have some other ideas for 2020 to go on and, uh, just kind of looking forward to doing a little execution there this year. Nice. You're talking about the rat race. There's a, there's a little book that I read to my daughter at bedtime and, uh, it's called not the hippopotamus. And, um, okay, there, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not, but, uh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. There's a part where there are rats in um, a shop shopping for hats. And, um, then you get to like a later page when it's talking about the rats wearing their new racing hats. So they're literally in a rat race. It's, it's great. so anyway um so uh, we'll just do it once more just for the for ceremonial reasons only um you know david you're my you're my star wars guy i know i know quite a few star wars guys um but you're pretty legit you're like too legit to quit when it comes to to star wars and um you you run a Star Wars podcast, and we've talked about it. But for those mm-hmm. that have not heard about it on this podcast, just maybe put a little plug in for your your show at the time right now. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. I <laughs> I hope we're pretty legit. Uh, so yeah, we've been uh, me and my brother started the Contingency Plan podcast. Um, uh, not quite two years ago, maybe a year and a half now. Uh, we've been running running that and talking Star Wars, doing some. Uh, literary dives into some of the you know old legends books and new canon books and then you know obviously we had rise of skywalker you came out and talked with us a little bit on that um but you know just just kind of going through all the little intricate nerdy things that are in the universe and then uh, all the other sort of surface level stuff too so uh, it's been a lot of fun i definitely enjoy doing it and uh, you know we've we've certainly over the past year gained a lot more um you know listens and so forth, which has been uh, which has been really great, getting some engagement from other folks, you know, telling their stories and whatnot, and you know, we we uh, we've kind of you know attended a few events, which have really you know spiked a lot of uh, a, a lot of the passion uh, celebration the this past year, and then uh, celebration again this year, which are the big Star Wars conventions or, or the biggest official, let me put it that way. So uh, yeah, a lot going on for uh, for 2020 for this. You know, we kind of you know, have been running two shows, you know, one dealing with comics and the other main show. So yeah, a lot of growth in there and looking forward to continuing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it'd be fun to, to go to a celebration sometime. Um, I'd love to, you know, mm-hmm. dress up as, as like a Trekkie and, and go to celebration and just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was, there was one guy, um, he, he wore a red shirt and he had a lightsaber through his mid midsection. Uh, he was at the last celebration. So that was, that was pretty good. He's a good sport and people really enjoyed that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, guys, if you haven't, um, if you haven't checked him out, um, make sure you check out his podcast and, uh, towards the end of the show, we'll make sure that, uh, you know, he lists off some, some like uh, ways to get in touch with them um, as we as we wrap up the show later on today. So, but before we wrap it up, we actually got to talk about stuff, which apparently that's a yeah. thing when it comes to content creation. You got to talk about stuff. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, you you don't you don't want to just you know five minute little uh, oh yeah hey how's it going everybody okay we're gone this is your been your five minute podcast enjoy yeah make sure you like follow and subscribe <laughs> smash that like button <laughs> all right guys well um so David um, I just want to kind of talk Star Wars um, I know in in like uh, some of like the back and forth I'd kind of uh, you know maybe posed one maybe two ideas I think it was might just been one idea uh, specifically kind of just to get us started and um, there's a concept that I I tend to use a lot um, that maybe you could maybe unpack for us as well and that's related to what um, Yoda says in uh, Empire Strikes Back whenever he's training Luke Skywalker now I'm sure he's given a similar speech to other students, other Padawans throughout his lifespan as he's been training them. Um, but I'm wondering if there's anything else that you can add um, in terms of that saying, like fear leads to anger, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it, it's an interesting quote uh, from Yoda. And there's definitely some play off that in, in the prequels when we first bring Anakin as a child forth. But yeah, fear is the path of the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering uh, was the, the full quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had a little bit with, with Anakin when he's first brought uh, before the council. And, you know, it, he, they ask him, how do you feel? And, you know, I'm cold. Uh, but, you know, they sensed uh, a lot of fear in him then, you know, because he had just left his mother. He's with these, you know, two Jedi that he's known for not very long, but has been through a lot with them. And he's kind of, you know, trying to forge his path. And I thought it was interesting when you when you brought out this quote, because this quote at some in some circles brings up a little bit of divisiveness just in the Star Wars community. And it has also led to this kind of belief in what they would call a gray Jedi. Okay. So somebody who sort of walks between the light and the dark. And But just, just to, to unpack the, the quote itself. So fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Uh, one of the things that Anakin struggled with was not wanting anyone around him, his loved ones, to suffer. And that was something that the emperor used against him to turn him to the dark side. Yeah. So it holds true. I mean, his his quote holds true, uh, you know, through the movie for for Anakin. Now with Luke, it's a little different. Um, they introduced, you know, spoilers on this movie that's you know super new. Uh, but you know, the fact that Darth Vader was his father, and there were some other motivations there. But again, if you say so, fear fear leads to anger. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I was a kid, I think, I think we were kind of the folks that, you know, we were reason, you know, we were kind of in the athletic sort of group of people, but, uh, you know, it's like me and some of my friends were also played instruments, both orchestrally and like, you know, stuff like guitars, you know, it'd be cool. Right. Um, but I remember at like lunchtime, we would go and sit with different people every day you know, we'd sit with, uh, you know, some of the special needs folks and that, you know, that was, that made them feel good, made them feel a part. I think in a lot of times, you know, when we look at kids and, and even when I think back to, you know, like middle school age where some of the life is kind of ran by fear, the fear of not being cool, the fear of not being accepted, the fear of not being, or the fear of being excluded, 
you know, from events or groups. And in some cases that, that can lead to, to anger because it's like, well, why, why am I, why am I not fitting in? Why am I not able to do this? Why am I being excluded? And, you know, because everybody's mind develops at a different rate and sometimes those concepts are kind of hard to logically put in order that that anger can can come from fear and then when we talk about anger leading to hate uh i think that they're very close emotionally because again the mind sometimes likes to try and focus that anger and so that anger focuses into hate for a person a group uh i don't know an organization or whatever and then of course hate as we commonly know leads to suffering. We've seen world wars, uh, skirmishes that are not able to be called war, things of that nature. Yeah. And with that level of hate always brings suffering, refugees, families being torn apart, death, destruction. So a lot of ways this quote might have been in a microcosm in the Star Wars universe attempting to explain to Luke how easily it is to fall to the dark side but in a more macro sense it can lead you to sort of examine the paths to which even we can take in the real world and hopefully try and avoid because it's not really called the dark side here but it probably should be <laughs> right right yeah the uh, i've i've heard i've heard the about this gray jedi thing and and how there's like this, and I don't know what the actual terminology is, but like this Jedi code, this pledge, or this this mm-hmm. this philosophy that you kind of like repeat and um, like as you kind of meditate on the words, and then like the same thing for like practitioners of the dark dark side, and then the gray Jedi is kind of sort of an amalgamation of the two to a certain extent. But you're bringing up you're bringing up uh, two concepts. Um, that I think can resonate with folks. Uh, uh, one was kind of un- unintentional based on like what I was talking about um, leading up to the show, but um, this idea of FOMO or fear of missing out. Um, mm. It's a pretty hot mm-hmm. term that, that teenagers and other adolescents are using right now because, you know, if they're not tied to their phone, um, if they're not like on, on Snapchat I mean, Snapchat's mainly what they're using. They're not going to use Instagram. Like that's that's us. Like in our our thirties, our twenties, and our thirties are probably going to use mm-hmm. Instagram more than anything. And if and then Facebook is increasingly becoming more for older folks. But not having Snap, right. it, I mean, it really is. I mean, it came out like when we were graduating yeah. high school, basically, and starting college. But it's yeah, which is crazy to think about. Like two thousand, I think five or six is when it, it was is. like really really starting but like this idea of of not being connected this fear of missing out um like is what you're you're starting to get at in in one of your uh one of your thoughts that you were kind of going with and right yeah i i mean i like i said i i can easily connect it to to myself i mean when i was a kid and we're 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 similar in age but like when I was a kid, like a very young child, like elementary school, it was still an era of like, you know, riding my bike around the neighborhood to see if my friends were home. There wasn't as much of the, 
you know, as you call it, you know, the, the phone side of things. So I, I don't know. I think there's some advantages to smartphones, smart devices, but you know, sometimes I feel like there's also disadvantages. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And like, and you know, I was in, in fact, um, just before we recorded today, like I was driving over to my parents' house and it's the neighborhood that I grew up in. Like it's, they don't, it's not the same house. They moved like five houses down basically from where I grew up. But, uh, I saw him like my childhood best friend out in front of his old house and his younger brother who now owns that house. And we were just chit chatting for like 15, 20 minutes about the good old days. Like, I asked like, Hey, is the Tarzan swing still down the gully, you know? And, um, how's your, how's your mom and dad doing? And, you know, and talking about like riding bikes and playing baseball in front of each other's houses and other kids' houses, talking about a neighbor that had a Dreamcast and how, um, how much we, we envied them for having a Dreamcast when that sucker first came out. Um, yeah, but you know, one thing, one thing that, um, that I would, urge people to do is, you know, manage your expectations about some of these things when it comes to this idea of potentially missing out and not wanting people to suffer and, and, uh, and, and just like wondering what's going on. Like, is the grass really greener on the other side type of thing? You know, we did this exercise Mm -hmm. with, um, with some young men at a residential treatment center that I worked at once upon a time. And we gave them this premise, like we were like poking the bear. Basically we assigned topics that we knew would elicit a response, uh, for them. Like one was going to talk about discharge dates, um, like when they were going to be able to go home. Cause this is a 90 day treatment, treatment facility that they were staying in. So uh, saying like who the heck was going to discharge soon and, you know, wondering what they were talking about and who was going to get out when, and then we all brought it back together and just how, wrong they were and like that we we weren't talking about that at all we were actually talking about other things like how they're doing how their family's doing things like that so yeah you can get stuff twisted real quick if you don't pay attention yeah right and one just one other um i guess type of thing to bring up with the Yoda quote, and maybe we can even unpack this a little bit more as well is I can remember thinking about this, uh, when I was in, let's see, uh, it was like my marriage counseling class that I was taking when I was in seminary for my, my master's degree. And we were talking about how, um, when it comes to a relationship or when it just any relationship doesn't even have to be romantic. It can be like a personal one. It can be a friendly relationship like you and I might have David. And mm-hmm. part of like anger, part of the anger that we might have with a person um, or an idea or something like that comes strictly from a fear response because there's been a need that we might've had in the past that's gone unmet basically. So, okay. So if, if we, um, like if I, if, um, if you say you're going to do something and you don't do it and I needed you to do it, well, that's going to create something in me because there's this need that I've needed 
I've, I've needed or required or wanted you to have that's gone unmet. And when we start to anticipate this, this need not being met based on a past experience, uh, we put a guard up and that can lead to more anger. And the more anger we have, the more hate and suffering we can potentially inflict, even if it's unintentional with a person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's definitely an interesting thought. Um, I, I, I think it's, <laughs> you, you, you talk about putting up guards. Um, you know, personally, I, I haven't always been the, the greatest at, you know, necessarily dealing with, with issues up front sometimes, especially when it's, uh, uh, when it could potentially impact another person or, or a perception or, um, you know, just upset somebody. I don't necessarily like to upset folks. Sure. Uh, so a lot of that becomes internalized, uh, sometimes, you know, and that it's not really healthy to internalize those sort of things, but I mean, it's definitely, uh, a, a mechanism that I, that I've had. And I, I think even if we're just like equating it to, to star Wars, when you think about like, Anakin. Okay. So Anakin had his relationship with Padme that he kept, you know, quote secret because that was against the, the code. You know, you have a code that says you can't have those, you know, you you don't have the attachments either to things or to people in that form and fashion. You know, you're not supposed to have families. The sort of the, um, concept of love is somewhat skewed. Uh, you can be passionate, but yet not towards a person in the way that a, a man and a woman would or, or a woman and a woman, man and man, whatever. So I think that, uh, I think that for a lot of, and sort of harkening back to what I already said, that his sort of path to the dark side really became the effort to always make sure that she was okay. You know, she was always alive, uh, whatever. And, he puts up these sort of walls against everyone else who's around him, his master, for instance, like this is somebody who he's known for a large part of his life. Very uh, intimate is the relationship between a master and apprentice. And yet he can't tell him about this sort of stuff. He has to internalize it, which again, for him breeds about, that darkness even further because it, it, it all leads to, to fear. And again, it just, it starts to cycle over again. There was an episode of um, Clone Wars where, uh, I can't remember the senator's name, but anyway, so Padme's a senator. Another senator, he caught him like attempting to kiss her and they have this whole, like he just beats the crap out of him. <laughs> like he force chokes him a little bit, throws him down, just starts punching him. And sort of realizes his mistake after the fact, but it's that that outburst that he had, all this stuff built up, and it's like he had to keep his relationship secret, so this guy's not going to know. It's not really his fault. Uh, so I, I actually think that there's... <laughs> and poor Anakin, he's a classic example of a guy who just needed a little bit of help along the way <laughs> for, his, <laughs> for his problems and couldn't really get it because of the rigidity of the Jedi Order, yeah. which is why I hated the Jedi Order. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, with, with fear and, and, you know, this, the secrecy that you're, you're talking about with, uh, what's going on with, with Anakin and, and the romance. And, um, I haven't seen, I'm actually working my way through clone wars right now on Disney plus. So, yeah. um, I'm looking forward to seeing that 
don't worry about spoiling it's it's totally okay um <laughs> i didn't even think about that <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's seriously okay though like i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing that so that i can really think about that you know as a result of this conversation but you know that's the thing about cool um like fear and anxiety is that it's something that can um perhaps get us thinking that we're alone and that no one else is um, feeling the way or ha- or can feel the same way that you are or that a person um, does and and without without going down the the metaphor route too much uh, one example that that um, I've used with with clients when it comes to this kind of secrecy thing so it doesn't matter if it's like a pornography it's it's a, a hidden addiction um, you know, including like an alcohol or a gambling or, or anything like that. Um, when it comes to secrecy, it's a lot like, um, if you have a drip under your sink, like in your kitchen or whatever, or your bathroom, doesn't matter. You know, if, if you know it's there and you just kind of leave it, I mean, it's going to keep on, on going. It might not be a big deal now, but eventually there's going to probably be some some water damage you might need to um, change out the piping you might need to just completely rip out the entire island the entire um, entire setup basically Um, and not only that but there's probably going to be some kind of mold that could develop under that sink and you know when it comes to secrets is it painful like you know, kind of getting stuff out there, you're darn right it is. But there's something about having things known that can give its own type of freedom and its own type of healing. And that doesn't mean that you just wantonly go telling anybody and everybody your stuff. You know, like there are people that I would trust with secrets, like not necessarily secrets, but you know, like the like that heavy stuff basically that I wouldn't want everyone to know that I, I know I could lean on if it ever came down to it. So sometimes you got to open up the cabinet doors and let the sunlight come in and see what you're dealing with and maybe even prevent some mold and water damage from happening. So kind of a long way around to talk about Anakin and his, his secret relationship with Padme. But I mean, it, it, I think it's applicable um, in this sense with what we're talking about. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I I kind of fear as a society, especially as I get older and think about the possibility of having children. Um, you know how to see, and I kind of wonder about about this. I've never really talked about it with my parents, but you know, I, I think that there is a, a a bit of knowing that goes along with age, and it's like I wonder, like just to see something that maybe I went through, but knowing sort of that they have to go through it in their own, in their own way type of deal. Cause I mean, even, even with, you know, some of our, some of our characters in this, in this movie, in these shows, you know, how, how helpful can a master be at times being older and have already experienced certain things. I mean, even Luke with Yoda was somewhat resistant to, some of his teachings, he didn't quite believe he could do certain things like, you know, lift the X-wing out of the swamp. 
He didn't believe he could do it. And then Yoda does it. And he's like, oh my goodness, it's totally possible, right? But only after he failed and and really kind of got a little depressed about it was he able to sort of see what Yoda could do and what he could do by just believing that he could do it. So I kind of I kind of do wonder about that sort of, you know, dichotomy that could come up with with children and and seeing them with the same scenarios and and I do see some parents, you know, cuz a lot of folks my age have kids and and before our our age now and so forth. And just sort of how how they how they deal with certain issues that might arise. It's like I I don't want to like tell them anything because it's obviously their kids. I don't have kids. But at the same token, it's like, man, sometimes I feel like we, we got to step back a little bit, provide provide the helping hand. But at the same token, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? Do you because I, I know you've dealt with a lot of different stuff, but like just just kind of if you were if you were talking about you know the parent parental relationship or this sort of mass relationship or if we're equating it to like the 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 series you know how much of a helping hand can you can you give you know what i mean you know i think part of part of like the developmental aspect that we're we're looking at is like there's going to be this this hero role that the parents are going to to serve in up to a certain point like I mean, ten roughly ten years old is like um, the early stages of like you know departing from that for the most part, where hmm. the the children are going to start looking to outside influences beyond their parents, and and yeah. just get me back on track if I go too far if I'm not answering your question, David. But you know, one of the things that that um i think is important is is boundaries and parents can sometimes get get a little out of whack with boundaries cuz they they want to keep their kiddo um and they want to you know be close to him but they they give up the influence and maybe to a certain extent some of their authority at times um because they want to be the friend and not the parent and I think there's an appropriate time to be the quote unquote friend. And that's not going to be until you're pro- the kids probably in their twenties or thirties. Um, yeah. But I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with someone like you. Um, if you've earned the right to speak into someone's life to, to be able to, I mean, that's, I think that's developmentally appropriate. I mean, if we're looking at it from that perspective. Okay. Yeah, it, it's I don't know. It's just interesting, I, I guess. And I, I think uh, I think I, I'd almost like to like to see what my parents' perspective is uh, on that. Now that now that we're definitely older, one of the one of the things I always found was kind of odd, especially when a child is younger, talking about the kid being their their best friend. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I always find found that kind of a little odd. Yeah, is that wrong? No, 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 no. I mean, I think it's. Again, like I think it's I think it can be appropriate whenever you're older, certainly like twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, whatever, and you're I mean, especially if your parent is like maybe fifteen to thirty ish years your senior, okay? Uh just depend just depending on how that how that role uh, plays out and stuff. Uh, but yeah, the younger part 
um, that that can be kind of kind of dodgy right there. Uh, and that goes back to like yeah. the whole boundaries and the type of boundaries and uh, especially if you've um, done what's called parentifying a child. Uh, parentifying is um, a way of saying, for those of you that might not be aware, parentifying is a way of saying that um, you're a child and and there's a, a, a natural, um, unequal uh, uh, status level, basically. Like, I, I'm the authority as the parent and you are the child. But whenever you parentify, you put each other on equal footing, basically. And you're forcing, you're, you're forcing um, a child to grow up and uh, sooner than they need to and to take on adult slash parent responsibilities. And that's not taking the, out the trash or washing dishes. That's not that at all. It's being privy right. to privileged information. Like, well, we won't even get into it, but just like very privileged, personal, adult stuff. Right. Hmm. Now, we're talking... Well, that, that was another thing. One, one thing with the child before, before I forget, and um, I want you to hold on to whatever you're about to say, so please don't forget it. But... Um, you know the thing that that I know from Star Wars, from from seeing it, um, and other people might have noticed as well, is that we see in some of the movies that there are kids, and I mean we we learn from from Anakin that he's he's taken from his his family, and then we see these like little kids, these toddlers maybe I don't know toddlers, kindergartners, something like that, um, with Yoda, and being taken from their parents, so. Uh, what's what's that about from like maybe a not necessarily a lore perspective but maybe just from maybe like a 50,000 foot view so that more people can maybe understand yeah. that well that yeah that's that's an interesting point as well so children so An- Anakin was um he was 9 or something wasn't ooh, he oh i'm blanking yeah i want to say he was like around 9ish 8 9ish uh, which is considered very old to take a, a child. Uh, normally, they try and I, at that time they tried to identify uh, force sensitive children at you know like when they're babies, very you know l- like little babies because a it makes it so the transition to a life of a Jedi is not as hard because they don't really know their family at that point. So they don't have that. They, they haven't forged that, that connection to their parents. And <laughs> a lot of the reason why I'm not a huge fan of the Jedi order from, from the old Republic days is because it, it felt a lot like brainwashing children. You know, you're, you're essentially, you're taken from your family at a young age because you have this connection with the force or this power and you're going to be brought into the temple life. You're going to be raised with a group of you know kids ish your own age, and you are going to go through this entire uh, you know rigmarole, learning history, uh, fighting, and all this stuff connected with the force. Your communion with the force, and then you're going to be assigned a master, who's you know going to be essentially your surrogate parent figure but you don't really want to have that that closely because again there's there's that connection that's sort of attempted to be tamped down a bit you want to you you obviously care about each other you come become very close but at the same token it's like yeah but you kind of it's it's working you to stand on your own 
as a Jedi Knight and then a Jedi Master so that you can, you know, potentially fight the darkness and, and keep the peace depending on, you know, what you believe the whole order was, was for. But yeah, I, I always had a big problem. And um, one of the characters that's that's relatively new from the Master and Apprentice book and then the Dooku Jedi Lost book, well, audio drama and then book, was a guy named Rail Avaros. So Avaros was taken... Gosh, I want to say it was like four to six years old. He was at the time one of the oldest taken. So he had like retained the accent of his people. He had kind of, you know, retained a lot of the the mannerisms of his of his planet and his people. And that led him to be far more rebellious. Like in uh I think it was in Master and Apprentice, he was uh he was actually in a in a sexual relationship with a woman. Uh, just kind of like a casual thing. And he saw no issue in that, but, you know, Qui-Gon kind of did, you know, he's like, this isn't really part of what we do here. You're not supposed to have those kind of connections. You're not supposed to do this. You're not, you know, this isn't the Jedi way type of deal. So not only are you taken as a, again, recap, taken as a child, extremely young, you don't remember your parents, you don't remember your family, you're not supposed to remember your culture or heritage, you're brought into a temple with a bunch of other kids, you're taught a certain way, you know, almost like the military, uh, you know, cleaning a toilet with a toothbrush is not very efficient, but it teaches you the way that it's it's meant to be told through this perspective. And then you're given to a master, and then eventually, hopefully, you stand on your own as a Jedi Knight. So that's, that's a... It, it's a heck, it's a weird way to grow up. And when you think about the grand scheme of that universe or even this universe, really, um, I don't remember what the term is for that, but I mean, it just, it kind of borders on brainwashing, uh, or what's, what's the term for, um, like when a hostage kind of starts having sympathy for their captor Uh, Stockholm syndrome. Okay. Yeah. So it, it almost, it almost gets to being a little bit like that too, but you know, you do forge a bond and they are trying to teach them something very important because if you don't learn how to control your connection with the force that can have very bad effects on you and those around you. If you lose control, you could potentially hurt yourself or other people around you. So there's, there's a reason and a rationale behind that, but it's still, it's uh it's a little, it's a little crazy when you think about it. Cause even, even Dooku, Count Dooku, who was in, you know, the, uh, episode two, uh, Christopher Lee in his audio drama, the Dooku Jedi lost, they send him back to his old planet and he starts to remember he meets his sister and they, they feel a connection between the two of them. They don't know each other, but they feel the connection. And eventually he figures out that this is his sister uh, the, the count it, who runs the planet is his father and he's a crazy guy and he hates the Jedi and he just threw him to the curb because he didn't want to deal with anything force powery. He thought it was unnatural. And then they continue that relationship was, which again is another sort of path, you know, trying to protect his sister and so forth on and on. But then I, I mean, I guess I could get really spoilery, but I don't, I don't think I need to go down the entire story. But anyway, yeah, that that's that's kind of that's kind of the Jedi order at the time, so it's it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, and and I I remember um you know, just being someone that's not 
not as well versed. I mean, I, I can geek out about some, some, some Star Wars stuff, but I haven't graduated with my doctorate yet in Star Wars. So, um, I, I just remember hearing like in, um, uh, what was it like, uh, either new hope or empire. Um, it had to be an empire, like saying that Luke is, is too old to start the training. And then you, and like knowing that and going into, um, you know, the prequel era where you hear Anakin, like this little boy, Anakin is too old to start the training. Like, well, good Lord, what do you need him? Like in utero or something? Like with with how how young they need to be. Yeah. I mean, like, do they need to be like yep. like pre incarnate to be to be old enough to to do it or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they literally want them as young as humanly possible in order to ingratiate that that training that they've devised. It's it's crazy. So this this is like just a slight rabbit trail, but it is a concern. And maybe some of the listeners that might not care as much about the mental health part of this stuff, but. Is there a reason, um, like maybe a, like a simple reason, why the Jedi maybe aren't permitted to marry and have children? Because it, it seems kind of odd that the, the Jedi Order, at least pre-Episode 4, has such an abundance of these, you know, practitioners, these Jedis, you know, like the, either the Padawans, the Knights, the Masters, mm-hmm. whatever, but yet we're just kind of you know, getting the the ram scoop and we're we're picking them up and on random planets. It just seems kind of odd that these folks are not are not permitted to to marry and have kids, but yet it's still able to move forward. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it, it's it's a very interesting thing. I mean, at the at the core of it, this was kind of ex- explored in the Master and Apprentice book. I think I I think I had a uh, gave you that recommendation a while back. I really do recommend that book if, if you enjoy Star Wars because it actually does explain a lot of uh, a lot of classic tropes and kind of brings them into a little bit of focus for some some thought exercises. But uh, there was a character in in that book and I can't recall the name, but she was on the council or she or no, I think she was a part of the academy. Anyway, uh, she kept a secret. Uh, she actually had a son. She was one of the people that went out to find force-sensitive children and bring them back to the temple. Well, along the time, she became pregnant, and because she's you know potentially gone on long periods of time, you know nine months or however long it took her species to gestate, <laughs> uh, it wasn't thought of anything. You know, she just brought back a child to to bring to the temple. Well, this kid uh, ran into some trouble while he was in the temple and, and actually had a lot of, you know, I think there was a part like with gambling debts. But anyway, it all comes to a head and he knows that this is his mother. I mean, it you know, if you're a force wielder, eventually you're, you're going to feel a familiar connection. It's the same with Luke and Leia. So this revelation rocked the council at the time, like Yoda, Mace Windu, the whole the whole group was was rocked by this revelation it was it was shocking that a jedi would possibly break the code like this and somebody that was so ingrained in the process as well and it, it just uh, it was a prelude to what winds up happening in the prequel uh movies where it was a breakdown 
of the council and the inability for them to feel the dark side rising with, with Palpatine and Darth Maul and, you know, eventually the turning of Anakin. So I, I guess in a, in a short way, one of the reasons that, you know, they tried to tamp this down is I think it's, I think it's very much to do with a connection that could potentially be used against them or a connection that is so strong that they lose reasoning. Cause again, it's, it's, you know, when you, you, you talk Trek a lot and you had the Vulcans who prided themselves in being, you know, uh, removing emotion from the equation. Although in the beginning of their species, they had very violent emotions that almost tore them apart. And then they had to embrace logic and I think it's a similar thing here where they felt that having those sort of connections could become a conduit for fear. And again, when we get back to the original quote that started the premise here, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. And this has almost become an absolute, which of course has been said multiple times that only Sith deal in absolutes, but hey, what, what <laughs> whatever, <laughs> we won't, we won't point that out too hard. <laughs> But anyway, I, I think I think it was just a very basic gut reaction to fear. But there have been relationships across across Star Wars. Of course, most of them have been decanonized. A lot of them were in Legends, but that that instance in Master and Apprentice was was very powerful. And then obviously coming down to well, heck, Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean, he had a not exactly well defined <laughs> uh, relationship with the Duchess uh, Satine of Mandalore. And he had a quote in Clone Wars. This is something else to look forward to because I I loved Obi-Wan in Clone Wars, but he would have left the Jedi Order had she told him that, you know, they wanted to be together, that she, she would, you know, agree to that. So there are notable Jedi in here who have had either attempts at relationships or the want of relationships, because I, I just think that's in nature. We all, uh, want to reach out for, for that, for that relationship, for that connection, that deeper connection than, than just, you know, friends have. Uh, so, but I think at the, at the very core, uh, as I get done rambling here, I think it all leads back to fear you know, trying to eliminate a potential fear that could lead them to the dark side. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think what, what to kind of maybe just pause on something real quick. Cause I know we've, we've talked about like the Jedi council and kind of like their rules and their way of operating and things like that. Um, there's, there's a concept um, that, that I deal with very regularly uh, um, and it's more or less the way that I operate whenever I'm doing doing uh, work with my clients, and that's coming from like a systems perspective. So everyone is part of a system, okay? So um, you what you bring to it directly affects those that you're you're involved with, basically. So in this case, we'll kind of think of it like as a family. So the thing with family systems work is you don't necessarily need the whole family present in order to affect change in your family. So if that's, again, if we're going to like talk about like an addiction um, and like what that addiction does to your family, if you just change one aspect of it, then that can totally um, uh, 
put set you down a path that will forever uh uh what is it dominate your destiny or something like that is that is that what they say mm-hmm. um yeah well any, anyways like in all seriousness like there's this con- there's this thing idea this concept called homeostasis so if you think of it like a mobile that um you would have like over like an infant's crib okay so whenever whenever it's mm-hmm. working it's like spinning um it's all balanced you know, it's spinning and maybe playing some music or whatever, but that's, that's how a mobile is supposed to be. So if we use that as an example for the family system, each of the people are like the little toys that are being suspended and spinning around. Now, if any part of that gets screwed up, then it's going to be like maybe at an angle of some kind. So you got to start pushing on different bits, working on different aspects in order for it to start to level out and to look different. So this is kind of like in a roundabout way, kind of what we're talking about is understanding the system that Anakin and Luke and Mace and, um, you know, um, Balaba and I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, Plo Koon, Yoda, Yaddle, mm-hmm. all them that they're part of the system. So if you change one aspect and, you know, if one member is like getting pregnant or another member is um, getting married, that is against their system. That is the way in which that they, they work. So it's, it's shifting things like you're talking about with, you know, they're not able to be as attuned to the force and, uh, you know, detect, you know, any kind of insurgency that may or may not be taking place vis-a-vis the, the dark side. Yeah. So something else to think about as we kind of talk about that, like for the listeners that might be listening to this episode right now. And for those, you know, counseling students out there that might be learning about family systems right now in a family systems class or just any kind of marriage and family class right now, this can be like one example that you can use um, as you kind of conceptualize family systems from like a more nerdy perspective with Star with Star Wars, so there you go. You're welcome. Yeah, that's that's an interesting way of, of putting it. Uh, I I had actually just read uh, the the Ahsoka book uh, not too long ago. Another very interesting character, but there was a part in there where um, she was kind of disguising her identity because this had been after the the purge and everything. And one of her new friends asked her, like, so where do you come from? Do you remember your parents or were your parents killed or whatever? And she was like, well, she didn't really know her parents because they were taken as a young uh, young kid. But then she said, I was adopted. And she had Anakin as her master. And then, you know, Obi-Wan was always around because that was obviously Anakin's master. So she kind of had two dads, so to speak, you know, helping her along the way. And then, you know, losing, losing them. But yeah, you, you're, that is kind of interesting. They, they do have a, they do have a sort of a family system just, just in, in that microcosm. But, but then as a whole with, with the example of, of our, uh, I, I don't even, I, I still can't remember her name. That's going to bug me, but you know, just upsetting the, the balance of, of things in there, you know, shocking everybody that messing up the the system again, that is kind of a, that's an interesting way to think about it. So I am reading master and apprentice right now. And I'm, I think I'm like mm-hmm. on chapter six or seven. So I'm still very early on okay. in the book. 
Um, but is the person and, and don't seriously don't worry about spoiling. Is this is this the person um, that's trying to leave the council that Qui Gon is potentially going to take their spot? Is that who you're referring to? Uh, who, who's that? Rail? I th- I thought it was a female Jedi. That's that's all I remember. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no. The the person who's leaving was, was a different care. I just I just snapped into what we were talking about. So no, the the person who was leaving, I don't remember her name, but no, she was a she was a different character. Okay. All right. It's it's a good book. So um, if if you do enjoy Obi-Wan Kenobi, Qui-Gon Jinn, if you're big Un McGregor and Liam Neeson fan, I'd check this out. I mean, the first six or seven pages are pretty good. Yeah. Or pages, chapters are pretty good so far. And even seeing some of the anxiety uh, with Qui-Gon with meeting uh, Count Dooku as his master um, is, is pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, it's it's it, just as as a little bit of an aside for that. I mean, it, it's it's interesting to see you know the dichotomy between Qui Gon and his master Count Dooku, but then also then Qui Gon's relationship with Obi Wan, which was not very strong when they were paired, and you know they had all you know the council had offered Qui Gon a spot, and he was kind of like, well, hey, maybe this is a path to get away from this Padawan that we just don't see eye to eye. Uh, and, and, you know, it's sort of, sort of, you know, passing on maybe some of the mistakes that, that have been happened before. And I, I think back to, you know, certain scenarios with, with parents that, um, that make the same mistakes that their parents made with them, although they try and tell themselves, I'll never make those mistakes. So I don't know. I, I think, I think there were that's actually a pretty interesting. Now I'm thinking about it, a, a parallel between the relationship with Dooku and Qui-Gon and some of the mistakes Dooku made. And then the mistakes that Qui-Gon then sort of passes down that, that burden on, uh, onto Obi-Wan mm-hmm. in this, in that particular novel. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I feel like the theme that we're kind of unintentionally kind of rolling with is this idea of family. Um, it just seems kind of like yeah. the underlying theme with with this episode today, and just all these aspects that can pop up as a result of being in a family and what the family impact has on an individual. Like you were saying, like I'm never going to be like my dad. I'm never going to be like my mom, or I'm never going to be like my my grandpa, or or whatever family member you want to pick. Um. And right. what that does to the heart and the mind and how you see yourself. Um, and then you end up kind of living it out without even realizing it because of this, this hurt that you're experiencing. So bringing it full circle, right? So this hurt that you've experienced yeah. from a family member, there was a need that went unmet. So we, in and, because it's been unmet, there's a there's fear that there's it's going to be unmet again, which is what's feeding that anger and that potential hate of someone and wanting them to suffer. So here we are bringing it full circle. Back again. Boom. So <laughs> anyway, well, we have like been we've talked mainly about um, 
Empire Strikes Back, Phantom Menace, uh, Attack the Clones, and Clone Wars. I'm pretty sure. And Master and Apprentice, of course. Yep. Right. So there's plenty more Star Wars for us to to unpack. And this is definitely not a one-off. So don't think that this is just your one and only Star Wars episode that we're that you're going to be listening to, guys, because it's not. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was about to say, wait until we start talking about Destiny. Right. That'll that's definitely going to be a different episode because I'm sure we could talk a lot about that. Yeah, a lot about that. So, um, anyways, I feel like we're kind of approaching a natural end to this session of reframed. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start landing the plane, so to speak. So, uh, anyways, any, any final thoughts, um, that, that you, uh, would like to share regarding anything that we've talked about, or maybe even not talked about that you'd want, um, I guess to something to be considered at this point. Well, I, I, I think, um, I think if I, if I was going to say anything else to sort of wrap it all up, the healthiest individuals, at least that I know, are those who can kind of examine the things around them. And even if you don't have the tools to examine them in a, in a clinical way, to at least understand that uh, you don't have to go it alone. You don't have to go anything alone. We all have our friends and our family and, you know, that support system that's naturally uh, brought about you. Um, but I, w- I would just say if you're having if you're having issues, try and talk about them. I, you know, I speak from from some some amount of experience knowing that um, internalizing things for too long becomes very, very unhealthy and. If you can find that one friend or family member or something that you can you can talk about these things with, or even a, a professional, uh, I would I would advise that highly, uh, because there's no reason to suffer in silence. Thank you so much for saying that, David. And uh, yeah, the people, um, ideas um, might try to convince you that you're going at it alone that no one cares, that no one's listening. Um, and let me just, let me just challenge that thought right now. People do care. Um, and people around you care. It might not seem like it at times, but people do care about you. And if you're listening to this, um, if there's no one else in your life that cares about you, I want you to know that I do. And, um, like David's saying, uh, if you have a, if you know someone, um, whether it's an aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, best friend, you know, college roommate, doesn't matter. Okay. If you have some kind of connection with them, maybe that can be your somebody that you can reach out to if you ever have a dark moment. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm a mental health professional, I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Texas. So if you are in the Fort Worth area and I don't know you, and I don't say that to be funny, but if I don't know you, um, I'm, I'm certainly happy to be uh, uh, considered as one of your potential uh, counselors for hire. So 
Uh, if you're in the Fort Worth area, uh, I own uh, Pathfinder uh, Counseling and Consulting. So it's my own private practice. So I'd be happy to to connect and work with any of you guys. And then I also do online therapy as well uh, through a service called BetterHelp. So you can look me up there as well. Um, I can only see Texas clients though, uh, but I'm happy to to work with you guys. Um, David, th- that that's that's a powerful moment. Not not hearing it from me, um, that goes a long way. So I really appreciate you you taking the time to say that and being honest and even vulnerable um, to a certain extent with what you said. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for saying that. Yeah, not a problem. So. Um, well guys, uh, that's pretty much it. And before we, we kind of do the little send off, uh, David, if people want to connect with you, if they want to listen to your show or, or send a note, give you a high five or say, thank you, how can they do it? (laughs) Uh, well, you can find the podcast, the contingency plan podcast, wherever you uh, listen to podcast, Apple, Spotify, Podbean, I, I, should have it about everywhere and anywhere by now. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at TC Plan Podcast, uh, email TC Plan Podcast gmail.com, or find us on Facebook. We're on there too. Alrighty. And guys, seriously, check him out. Uh, he's got great content that he, uh, he publishes regularly. You won't be disappointed. And if you are, you can just blame me, uh, but don't blame him. So uh, anyways, guys, um, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to connect with us, there are multiple ways to do so. Um, You can check us out on all the socials. Uh, We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at ReframedPod. We have a page and a group. So um, make sure you you like and follow um, our page and all our socials, really. And uh, we're, we're still building up the community. So... Uh, still trying to grow that. Uh, but what we do have right now, we do we have some great people in the community, and that's where you can continue the conversation about episodes or just other cool, nerdy things to geek out about that might be a light in a in a dark place for you. Um, you know, like whether it's it's something like Star Wars or Star Trek or Lord of the Rings or whatever it might be. Love to hear you talk about it in our group. So make sure you, you check us out. Um, on all the socials. If you want to get a hold of us, send us a note, something like that. You can do that at reframedpod at gmail.com. And um, uh, love, to, love to hear from you. And we don't have anything for beyond the frame today, but remember, if you want to share any reactions with us uh, about like this episode or a past episode or any future episodes and like what it's maybe done for you and giving you some ideas to think about or just other media that has been very positive in your life and really changed the way you think about yourself and the self-care you do, um, get a hold of us and let us know that so we can feature that. And we'll keep it anonymous unless you tell us that that's not an issue. But uh, other than that, hope you guys have a wonderful day um, and that you, as always, take care and stay dapper. Bye-bye.